Hello to you lovely listeners out there. You are tuned into Post Poet Pop on the one and only Art FM 97.1 WXOXLP Louisville. Today we are featuring the poet Jared Daniel Fagan. Jared was born in South Korea and teaches in Manhattan at City College as he completes his PhD at the CUNY Graduate Center. His work has been featured in the Brooklyn Rail, Fence, Lana Turner, Asymptote, and other publications. He is also the editor and publisher of Black Sun Lit. They are also putting out great books. Jared has previously said that he wants readers to see what is not readily seen. And perhaps a radio, audio-only interview can help do that, although Jared means when you read his first full-length book, The Animal of Existence, published by Black Square Editions last year, in which we will hear Jared read from today, that ultimate readership is ultimately out of the author's control. Jared writes in the title poem of the book, which you will not hear today, They ask about my life, the likelihood of my living on. With eyes that will not be met, I say of their inquiry that it is no decision of my own. They ask about my life, but for life I grieve deeply. So let's get into some not readily available seeing. Thank you for tuning in.
soon to be. This way now, same as last way then, the head bent filled with all those phrases been, unsure if aloud I've just said them, slipped past out into the light, looking not as they were conjured in the shadows, falsely recalled, a murmur I'd intended to revive as I went, but failed to summon, either way strayed, I wander with them, the words, rustles, wrecked by distances kept near, yet not quite, and I separately absent, at midday again, with the chores for the afternoon done, I won't list them, now tomorrow undone, I walk in such regard, a torn about pace, the night's risen, then of course the sun, so many times neither to me, so it be the needless sceneries, that elapse what I've said, yet the whim keeps me moving, as I go, come toward, approach, now gone away from, a glimpse, the phrases etch faint inscriptions, remembered all wrong, the error echoes, but this way now the phrase patterned, the root never plotted, the words imperfectly hung, tacked disorderedly to my head, even in a place as crowded as this, unraveling precipice, an image pixelates granularly as I keep going on, passing by me the blurs of windows, balustrades, pastel curtains quaking in their frames, underexposed but coming into focus, I see a shutter thrown open, the veranda I delayed my sight on during winters, waiting for when the ivy will resume to overtake it, pastel curtains hemming and hawing their borders, the outlines behind them evading shape, the phrases turning ever so slightly, but on the image I'm lingered, a delicate instant, I've missed them entirely, the words, that is, shards, or pursued from too far off, trying to draw bead on when, at once, sudden, now something of the world creeps in, I hear her say from the edge of the balcony, in Andes, raised on a slope by pillars of cypress, there has to be something of the world that persists, and I travel past the words as I lose sight of her, from the bottom of the hill, as I lose her there, a silhouette to the sun, but I try to follow them, the words riven before they blend into the oblivion. The one thing with this poem, the initial prose in the poem and the title, together they represent a timelessness, like they're immediate and not yet, but they come with a prediction. And it made me think of um, process ontology. Yeah, no, I love that process ontology. The entire, the entire poem, or, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, um, is about the sort of sort of about mental processes it, it deals with sort of like the epiphanic instant you know um which in itself is always an attempt to be present in in that instant but what i really find interesting at least for me in, in writing seems to be the way that that instant is is always torn away from itself you know by thinking but also by um, the sort of way that the empirical or one's surroundings um, at a given moment um, takes you out of that or away from that instant. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a passage, really. That's, that's sort of how I think about it. It's a passage between 
the instant of the poem, the instant of the poem thinking of itself, but also how that instant is is constantly being compromised. I, I like the idea of process very much, an ontology, of course, as a sort of accumulation or motion of process. But I think it does, it makes me want to highlight the, the form, of course, because I radio listeners that haven't read your work, they, they also can't see it, at least in the immediate. And so, you know, you, you've got a fully justified block left to right. And as the pages go on, I was also imagining like kind of blossoms in the crowd. Because mm. I think you, you also have a diversity of rhetoric layers of abstraction that then kind of unravel with almost lists of concrete detail. But the form itself, the justified block, it also elicited predictive misreadings. I love that idea of blossoming in the, in the crowd. You know, the uninteresting response or, or answer to that is it's just sort of how it came out. But in another sense, I think form for me has a lot to do with collapse or or being sort of wrought, overwhelmed. You know, I, I think about the contrast between the language or poetic language in general and, and how it inoculates form, which is, you know, prose in itself is, is a, I think, a, a, a type of consciousness. And again, Speaking of the sort of passage between, you know, consciousness, um, the everyday, uh, the unconscious, it's it's almost like, you know, the idea of a, of a free verse or a meterless verse, or I don't necessarily believe that there is any such thing as being free. The, the form of prose, the way in which it encloses and and attempts to conceal, you know, going back to process, um, what are the operations beneath or within these sort of mono, this sort of monolithic structure, right, of something like prose, the crowdedness, expecting or having sort of predetermined for you uh, a rhetorical experience. When you say you don't feel free, do you mean in your poetics, in everything, political reality, reality itself? I guess in general, I don't, I don't ever feel, I don't ever feel like I have control, in a sense. And you know, that's really great when you're um, trying to make sense or, or or feel something through through poetry. Um, but I, you know, I guess it comes to the reality, and, and this is something that you know I think like Mallarmé had had ruined for me is. You know, the idea of an autonomous poetic language um, is just unfeasible. Um, and I totally get that. But there's not any reason why to try to sustain, you know, an impulse, something spontaneous or intuitive, in spite of our failure, right, to overcome. snow globe and I 
Whoever we are, after Rilke, sought so many sunrises into you, so many cognitive floods. But what I seized became such artichoke pulp. What I pried was because a hide. There was a fleece of light journeying gleans from the blade of my scythe. A light to data mine for your rot motion of making visible. Sought so much in names, the naming of whosoever we are to rise never nowhere, and so flew luminous, unripe bulbs of existence. There was a barn, there was an oven. They seeped heat, and I saw us inside the fumes of gasoline. Where I've been, the tanned, thawed horizon sought the yard, 
sought spent lawns in us whosoever we are product perceived drowned stood at points of made trace into sun out of appendage adjunct shadow dizzy look for me there trampling tilling troubling thistle mimesis doubling migraine store x airlibness there was edible supply i was murderous alive prior to bloom so many wrought rows of convict blossoms sought moth found votive candle where a kernel bud was the engine tick burrows fraught inside me waiting neck deep empress fields mind or heart whosoever we are stood at the seat of thought the seat of feeling the entrance of ocean locution kitchens behind the putrefied perished peril eye constant beehive flight arrival to find or to plant presence never with reference to compass stifle the body betrayed immerse pulmonary memory at last there was honey there was trench there was silence at last whosoever we are dizzying insect sought the carcass shelter sought the mouth of a parched delta at last the compost path remark parchment at last the denied splendor of synapse blush i feel like this piece is almost like a centerpiece in the book i want to shed light on the phrase i was murderous alive prior to bloom so many wrought rows of convict blossom it made me think of like i was imagining like the act of picking apart a flower's petals or you know how people like blow into dandelions but like that mm -hmm. act as a prison break you know with, with something like with, with something like prose or the form of prose with something like a a row of anything there's this sense of horizon which seems dreadful and encouraging this idea of you know you you, you blow on the the head of the dandelion and it's uh, i don't know pistols they fly into the air right um it's very liberating but at the same time you know how how frightening or terrifying is it to be sort of tossed in the winds like that and not know where one is going to land. But also, it kind of starts to prove the bigger body. And I think because your phrase will not only convict blossoms, which is this, this great phrase, um, but that's offset by, I was murderous alive. You know, along the path of alive is this, like, contentiousness, this accidental murder you know, there's this allowance, and there's also this destruction. You know, the bloom I mentioned earlier, this sort of epiphanic or, or sort of rupture, this moment to become alive or, or to feel alive, I don't know, is a very sort of violent act. The dandelion is, is a weed, essentially. It's, you know, what is what do we do with weeds or what do we... Right, they're they're and invasive to uniformity, and it's like, well, but right. they're also naturally occurring. Mm -hmm. They're naturally occurring. They, um, they over they overcome. Right, they're very right. um, resilient. 
something like a weed flourishes, uh, something has to die. For it to thrive, it, it needs to destroy something. One of, in my humble opinion, the best bands out there, albeit we don't even know the members of the band necessarily, that was Salt. Gotta love them. You are tuned into Post Poet Pop on the one and only Art FM, 97.1 WXOXLP and 100.9 WXND. 
worldwide on the newly updated WXOX app. Make sure you update yours. This is episode 15, and we are featuring the poet, scholar, publisher, Jared Daniel Fagan, who is the author of The Animal of Existence, recently published by Black Square Editions. We started out today's first set with Santi Gold with L.E.S. Artis, Les Artis, and then we heard Jared read from the poem Soon to Be, and we discussed that. That was followed by a new Westerman song, Help Didn't Help at All. And then we heard Jared read from the poem, Whosoever We Are, and we discussed that, and then yes, Salt, with their song, Wildfires. I want to tell you all about Tip It Forward, a nonprofit organization based here in Louisville that works toward whole health for everybody. They are on a mission to provide equitable, trauma-informed, whole health care to underserved individuals, families, and neighborhoods. And they do so by utilizing their Plus Bus, which is a mobile wellness clinic, alongside a crew of clinicians. You can learn all about Tip It Forward at tipitforward.org. That's T-I-P-I-T-F-O-R-W-A-R-D dot org. We're going to keep things moving today on Post Poet Pop. Next up will be a track from Dijon. Thanks for tuning in. like a song mm-hmm. i mean i guess the the best example is certainly like i love you or something like that 
as archetypal as it is, mm-hmm. you know, people get so scared of something like becoming a refrain. And I don't know why you would be scared of that. Like refrains mm-hmm. are easy. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, because with something like repetition or the refrain, um, it, it almost, by uttering it, by saying it, um, it resists, um, it resists annihilating itself, you know? So this mm. refrain of something like, I love you, um, you can say it, you know, as many times as you want, but um, it's something like, I love you, is going to sort of, with each utterance, and maybe this is super abstract, but with each utterance sort of carries itself um, further, or pushes itself further. So, um, you know, what other, I don't know of any other mystery um, comparable to something like love or, or announcing to someone or something that you love it. Um, because you can, as I, you know, you can say it over a hundred times, um, and it's, um, it's very, it's a very durable thing, you know, right. and by the, you know, you, you say it over and over again, you're, you're, you're strengthening, strengthening it. The love becomes out, the love, I think, eventually falls outside of, of itself as language. Um, wow. Yeah, that's. Yeah, which is great. Yeah.
done gone was me spoken words done gone and dug first unearthed unthreaded the form taken by error textile little by little now myself no self now i'm remnants images away triumphant torture kept granules kept revenge grief keeping images cast the ones that hadn't wandered too far to some then to one to someone else's gaze impacted sunk star strangled the hands casting biddable shapes arrested and astray hands clutched worn grips i had spoke speak you mostly the woes almost the safest place for me was in the word the words almost the words i could not conjure couldn't place the names for the life of me save for worst mine gumming words in the grip of words always pursuing firmament the ash blush of sun i hadn't meant it then mean it now it means now somewhere wearisome somewhere else into someone else somewhere else other than weary for sustenance shelter alone pitch dark done gone voice your saw the feeble see and witness my carnation eyes teary scenes of rose volcano rome dissolve reformation go on regress and i am saved at last uh, listeners can't see this but this is where the sentences tighten it's very it becomes very taut prose very or maybe not taut maybe it's a lot of slack every sentence has one two three i saw like five words at most and i want to know like at this point is the speaker of the poem now in an apparition kind of feels like the speaker's decimated so much by emergence and imminence and language and now as a as a thing i like the idea of the apparition is the speaker sort of an apparition i think so at the same time something like dungan the thing about the past or even if it's sort of like a conditional past the language itself is more i don't know i i i'm almost sort of thinking about it being more skeletal than an apparition i think with the pauses we're talking or i'm i don't know it seems to me looking at this 
again, and I'm finding it strange. I'm thinking of it now as a sort of hinge between the sort of, I don't know, persistence to continue as, you know, the, the past is sort of modifying it, right? Done, gone, for example. But the, it's a very delicate, um, I don't know, relationship between past and present, but also this sort of reluctance to, you know, to disturb, you know, sometimes hinges are creaky, right? Um, you open the door very slowly because you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to moan. I mean, my chair is sort of like squeaking right now as I move. This reluctance to continue as the past trails it, you know, the woes. But can one go on, right? I'm just looking at this poem. Can one go on and regress at the same time, right? So, so language is something that perhaps pushes us towards some action. But can can something can something go on and regress at the same time? Maybe in poetry or or the poem it can, and that's that to me is something that um, maybe this poem is doing is um, sort of through the pauses and the and the periods and the short sentences um, it goes on, but but very tentatively. But what happens, you know, in something like prose when there's no narrative? Like, what do you have? And I think here we have breathing, um, a sonorousness that replaces um, the destination of something.
doing nothing wrong Riding in your car Your radio playing Wishing up to the eighth floor A rooftop Manhattan One in That I've never forgotten said something and it was really important that's pj harvey we started out this second set of this episode of post blood pop this 15th episode with dijon's talk down that was followed by a little refrain of discussion on the phrase i love you and that was followed then by fleetwood max over and over and then we heard jared daniel fagan read from the poem wraith and we discussed that and then, yes, PJ Harvey's You Said Something. I want you to keep it locked right here on Art FM after today's episode of Post Poet Pop for Glossy Goblin with Anom Anon Radio at 12. And then right after that at 1 p.m., you can hear In Orbit with Nathan Simmons. This is Louisville Zone 97.1 WXOXLP and 100.9 WXND. I am grateful to you all out there for listening. And I'm also grateful to Jared Daniel Fagan for letting me feature his work on this show. I cannot wait to read more of what Jared writes, and if you want to learn more about Jared's work, I highly encourage you to visit his website. That's at jareddanielfagan.com, J-A-R-E-D-D-A-N-I-E-L-F-A-G-E-N.com. I've got two pieces left for you today. We're going to do kind of a lightning round of questions with Jared, and we will finish out the day with the band Not A Surf. Thanks again for tuning in out there. Have a beautiful Saturday. Have a beautiful rest of your weekend. Tell the people that you love that you love them. Treat yourself well. What three books are you currently reading or have you recently read? So I'm currently reading uh, Four Trapped Things by Brian Kim Stephens and Night of Loveless Nights by Robert Desnos, um, translated by the late Louis Warsh, which is a, a, oh, a new yeah. sort of edition coming out. And I recently read and loved Lisa Robertson's The Weather. Um, mm. Lisa Robertson is someone, yeah, I, 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 I started reading somewhat recently, um, and I've read like four of their books. Um, but that one stood out to me, the sort of calendric uh, wonder sort of day-to-day i think i'm yeah i'm really into the day-to-day consciousness and how it mixes with poetry or poetic consciousness and i've always admired her work i i interviewed her once for the poetry project newsletter and you know just just to be such the intellectual that she is and 
she's super easy to talk to. That beginning essay in the book Nilling, I, I find incredible. I, I hold that in my, my memory all the time. But I haven't read The Weather, yeah. so. You know, again, it, it's sort of the days of the week. Um, and she um, writes prose poems and sort of sort of follows a prose metron style, you know, a few poems and prose followed by verse. Um, so there's an interesting juxtaposition um, in the weather. All right. And what is your favorite sandwich to make for yourself? So favorite sandwich, I often make, um, I, I often like to make uh, a ham and cheese sandwich, a uh, very sort of plain um, American or Swiss cheese. Um, and I like it with lettuce, tomato, pickle chips, and Cape Cod, the kettle cooked potato chips. Uh, oh, they're original. on the sandwich. They're just right on there. Oh, like, yeah. Like a topping. Yeah, right on there. Mm -hmm. nice. So it's like crunchy and mushy at the same time. Yeah. You're getting a <laughs> um, texture blend. And you, I mean, what kind of bread are we talking about? Usually whole wheat bread. Okay. Um, Toasted? Or rye bread. No, no. It's a very sort of, it's like a simple sort of snack. I, I don't have the patience to wait for bread to be toasted. <laughs> What is your favorite animal that's not a human being? Um, very simply and wholeheartedly, cats. Unequivocally, cats. I love yes. I love cats. All of them, hairless yeah. tabbies. I love them all. I mean, I, I'm of course you know partial to my own, which are are tabby and calico. Yeah, they're super weird, but sweet and nimble and just precious and, and beautiful and wonderful to look at yeah and watch i mean i'm deeply allergic mm -hmm. but i would i would have like oh. a cat farm out here if if i if it wouldn't literally choke me up <laughs> yeah way to rub it in your face <laughs> yeah but that's cool all right so um yeah. wine beer a type of liquor or something else so i am uh partial to dark liquor um okay. usually bourbon um when i'm trying to be economical and when i'm feeling indulgence i really like uh lafroig or mostly any single malt scotch from isla and i'm sure kentucky radio listeners will be very happy with that um number five you get one album to listen to for the rest of your life what are you going to listen to yeah, this was a really hard question for me to think about. It's difficult. Um, I know it's it's hard, but um, in the spirit of of pop, um, I think it's really easy for me to say um, the album "Let Go" by Nada Surf. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to that in a while. Two thousand two. Yeah, very. You know, I guess it's over. What is that? Twenty years now. Yeah. Uh, 2002, I, I remember listening to this record, it was between, you know, after graduating high school, which I did in 2002, and sort of like the treacherous road in front of me, which I was super undecided about. So I don't know, I think, you know, it's a sonically, musically, it, it's more than a pop record, but it, it, it just, it, you know, I think the sentimental value plays a big part in it too, just, you know, that time in, in your life when you're sort of like 
letting go of the, the 18 years that you knew and sort of thinking about where you'll be headed. You know, it's about the sea, it's about the city, it's about drifting, you know, blizzards. Left some food wrapped up in a plastic bag on the kitchen table. Way too long. Sat down to eat next to the bag. I was too tired. To throw it out I saw a swarm of fruit flies I took the bag downstairs When I came back They were still there Flying jerky patterns like Snowflakes in the air I Got nowhere to go. I'm sorry. You got nowhere to go. 